0: Life is it can't be this good, right? Like something, what something's got to happen, you know. And I'm smart enough to know, you know, like you don't live forever, and and that's the other thing that's inextricably attached to the lifestyle is mortality. You know, you're always you're living large because every moment could be your last.
1: You probably recognize that voice as the voice of Adrian. Grenier. And if you do not, then you have probably never watched the TV series or the HBO series rather called Entourage. Very, very long time running show that in many ways defined a generation of uh, a, just a squad of guys that ran around together in Hollywood. And one of the reasons I believe the show was so successful is because it, the show pulled back the screen on what it was like to be an actor in Hollywood. It was a a fictional uh, show. And not surprisingly, that is actually the topic of our conversation today in many ways. We cover a lot of ground. Um, Adrian, if you're not familiar, again, he's an actor who plays Vincent Chase in the TV series Entourage. He's also appeared in lots of films, Drive Me Crazy, uh, The Devil Wears Prada, um, and many others, including some television series on Netflix, et cetera. Um, I have the benefit of being a good friend of Adrian's, and we've—I uh, work on his nonprofit board, uh, and we've been running around together for more than a decade. And I think that provides for an especially um, valuable, insightful, and um, revelatory conversation between he and I. Specifically, we talk about the the idea of reinvention. Um, what Adrian goes on to share about at length here is. The what, what the machine that is Hollywood, um, how it creates stars and hits, uh, and what it's like to be on the receiving end of that stardom and be a part of those hits—not just the positive, uh, but the negative, uh, the negatives, the numerous negatives—as well. And uh, he chronicles in our conversation in great detail and in, in a very vulnerable uh, and authentic way um, his. Rebirth, his journey towards uh, becoming a better human, uh, a better, a better uh, friend, a better spouse. He's now married, and uh, and what he sees for this next chapter, I think it's incredibly interesting, not just from a sort of a biopic, uh, but from a, just a very, very fundamental uh, foundation of reinvention. So I think there's there's a lot in here. Uh, Adrian's been a guest on the show before. This is perhaps our deepest dive. So uh, I'm going to get out of the way and hope you enjoy this conversation between yours truly and Adrian Grenier. So um, let's have a little catch up here. Uh, last time I was standing in your kitchen, um, you uh, shared a uh, new direction in life and you've since married he has ran off and married which is incredible congratulations uh and boy you you nailed it man well done uh, thank you. you thank you
0: <laughs> in retrospect what a harrowing adventure man i was so, so many near misses I, I barely made it out alive
1: <laughs> but you did and here you are and one yeah. of the things i want to talk about today is um is a little bit of reinvention. I am very, very excited at what you're working on, and I was trying to uh, recount our original connection story, and it goes back a long time. I, I actually couldn't remember it. I think we've tried to do this in previous episodes, so I won't be, uh, I won't bore the audience, but suffice to say, you have you're like nine lives, and you're on I don't know, maybe like six. What do you think?
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah, at least six? a few. <laughs> you and your most recent project is in some ways a return to the earth but this is not what i think most people think of when they think of you and i'm curious if you can start us off on our show today welcome back by the way second Mm. or third time you've been on the show if you can orient our listeners and watchers to um a little bit of your journey. I think they know you as, um, as someone who, uh, spent a lot of time in Hollywood and not that you're not Hollywood now, but you're doing something a lot different. And I'm interested to hear your, your description of this arc.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because I recognize that I live in the hearts and the memories of many people as sort of a monolithic personality of, of like, the Lothario, Vincent Chase, um, the womanizer, the celebrity, and even though I've changed so much, I still run into people and they still treat me as such. You know, they treat me as if I'm still that that guy because that's how you know that's how I've sort of been etched in their in their minds, um, which is fine because um, I'm really proud of having gone through that journey and been on a show that was so well that defined a generation with an iconic character and yeah I'm very proud of that but I have to say that that journey was not without its flaws in that the just the um the 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 challenge of making it, so to speak of being successful in that industry requires you to um, sort of give, give over your, your yourself your identity into a character into multiple characters, right. And in order to be successful, you have to become famous. Because really, they're not paying you to act, they're paying you to get people to turn on the television and watch the show. They're paying you to get people into the seats at movie theaters. They're paying for eyeballs. And we all have a broad understanding of this now that media has been democratized and everybody is now trying to get the, the attention and the likes. But that's what you know, the old school industry used to do. It used to um, trade in attention. And that attention... Mm as I started to grow and build in my career that attention I grew and then it became extremely um, addictive and seductive. Mm -hmm. And I found myself um, sort of losing the script of my, I, I guess I would argue, I don't even know if I knew what my deeper purpose or drive was because I was so busy trying to please others or get the part or make money and serve whatever ego that I I was looking to um, indulge in at the time. So I really had to strip everything away and go back to square one, go back to like that inner child, go back to the very, very basic, you know, building blocks of what it is to be alive. And, and that was a very tough, tough time to have to um, go through that ego death, and then rebuild. And I, I when I finally rebuilt, and I, I went through a series of decisions that were finally my own, I found myself on a patch of earth, outside of Austin, Texas, 46 acres, and living a lot closer to nature and learning how to grow food and learning how to uh, work the land so that it can become an abundant, um, sanctuary for me and my family. Was that too abstract?
1: That was, no, it's beautiful. And I do want to, I want to excavate a little bit, um, a couple of those different pieces and, um, and fill in the blanks for anyone who might not know. Um, so Entourage was, was it like 10 seasons or something like that?
0: Yeah. 99 episodes, eight seasons, a eight decade. Seasons. Yeah.
1: A decade and a, and a feature film. You guys did the feature film. I just saw it's a it. Film, yeah. Correct. That it's, that's now available on HBO. So I, you know, we've had other um, actors such as yourself on the show, Jared Leto, Matthew McConaughey, and there is a reluctance to talk about this journey, it seemingly to me from the outside, um, I guess I have a, a number of friends who are in the Hollywood universe. There's a reluctance to talk publicly about this journey that you talked about, the ego, um, in many ways what's required, you're trading a lot of your, um, your, I don't know, maybe freedom is the wrong word, but you're trading something for the ability to put people in seats um, and that comes at a price. Why are you now talking about that? You know, did it take leaving the industry for some period of time? Did it take some internal reflection? Like what's, what's the change and why is there a reluctance to, I mean, I guess Jim Carrey has talked about it at, at great yeah, length, yeah. but so few people, is it because it's the thing that's nurturing you or like, what, talk to me about this? It's a strange phenomenon.
0: Yeah, I think there's, there's this illusion that people want to uphold that somehow they have something that they deserve over everybody else. You know, I'll just, I'll tell a story that this sort of illustrates it, right? Cause it's all, it's all a big show and they make money. They, um, they, they gain um, leverage, and, and position and um, status by making everyone believe that somehow they're special or that they you know um, are better than or that they deserve the part. And not to take away from the skills and the talent of the actor or the performer. But again, there are a lot of great performers who never make it, right? So that, that's, it's not just about talent. It's about talent plus this game you play and i look i got the talent fine but then i was playing the game too and the game started to become less um interesting to me and i guess i'm a rebel but but by nature in fact i I made that movie teenage paparazzo which basically pulled the curtain back and was like this shit is crazy like let's look at this on a deeper level so this is maybe just one step further down that that road um but their story is I was at a club, and you know, I was having a great time as I normally would do on a Tuesday. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they were paying me to be at the club. So they were paying me exorbitant amounts of money, tens of thousands of dollars to go just go party at a club and have a good time. Like what better gig could a person ask for, right? Paid hand over fist just to, you know, party. So I show up and they had me in this VIP section. And they had these velvet ropes and then these bodyguards were like standing there to, to protect me, right? Because, you know, I'm famous and there were a lot of people gawking, and everybody was crowded up against the velvet ropes, taking pictures and looking. And I'm in there all by myself, alone. And I'm like, I was like, I, I, you know, I came here to get paid, really, but I also want to have fun. So, I told the bouncers, I was like, just remove the ropes. And in fact, I'm like look, looking at their asses. I'm like, why don't you guys just move, move aside? You guys aren't. I'm, I'm good. I can take care of myself. So they remove the ropes. The bouncers leave, and the crowd starts coming. And they, at first, they're asking for autographs. And I'm like, you know, no, I'm just here to dance. Like, okay, so they give give up on that. Next thing you know, I'm just like everyone else. And slowly they begin to become disinterested in me because suddenly we're all on the same level. And I'm not so special anymore. I'm just the guy next that they're dancing with. And it sort of just brought brought me down to earth and then brought everybody together. And it was a great time, but it was a problem for the club. And they never invited me back because for them... There's value in having something unattainable that, that that attracts everybody, and if and if I don't if I don't remain as that you know on a pedestal, then I have no value. So there's a, um, I think there's a, a, a subconscious uh, desire to continue the conceit that you are somehow above on a pedestal. And that's why they always play these games with the paparazzi. Like, Oh, you can't get me. Don't take my picture. Like, Oh, I'm too, too special for you to take a picture. But yet, you know, then they, then they take the picture because you got to give it away a little bit.
1: Stop, stop. (laughs) And you're waving them on. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And, and, and frankly, that life was going to kill me. Uh, Or at least I was going to die without having anything to show for it i.e. something really meaningful which is family that's the thing that you know makes life worth worth it all community and family and and also the story of um separation that we've been playing in our lives and in the world and on on a societal level that we're somehow separate from each other that there's us against them that we're that nature is something we can exploit that we're, we're you know We can somehow control our experience because it's other than and it's you know coming down to earth and getting into self and then realizing that self really is just an extension of nature and that you really truly feel at home, you really true have truly have a place in the world when you are grounded in yourself and then in nature and with family. So I decided I just wanted to, you know, have a, a more spiritual life and it's really not that hard you just gotta let go of all the good stuff all the fun <laughs> stuff <laughs> yeah i get it i get it now was
1: to say um this is a leading question so I, I don't even know how i'll just admit that it's a leading question and stop and rephrase so uh, i feel like i've known each of these incarnations and i've seen it be a process for you over a long period of time when you were still doing a lot of the hollywood stuff uh, you had launched a nonprofit. Which you were was, there, uh, man. I went, just want yeah, to remind you, yeah.
0: you no, were there.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, and again, I, you were still doing Entourage when we when first started spending time together more than a decade ago. But the, having watched this incarnation, is it was it a moment? I mean, you told the story about the club, but was it a moment or was it a, a series of 100 moments in letting go for you to feel like you have um, – I don't know rebirth i don't know how you describe you tell me what the what the description is was it a one decision or was it a thousand decisions was it difficult number two and then how do you talk about it now what are you now yeah.
0: i mean there's always there there were for many years there was this um this nine dread like when's the other shoe gonna drop like life is it can't be this good right <laughs> like something what well, something's gotta happen you know, and I'm smart enough to know, you know, like you don't live forever. And and that's the other thing that's inextricably attached to the lifestyle is mortality. You know, you're always, you're living large because every moment could be your last, you know? And so you're you're almost living because you have this unhealthy relationship to doom and death. So you always got to Consume, 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 accumulate, accumulate, because you know tomorrow, who knows what's going to happen? And there's this sort of nihilism, I think, attached to it. And um, and one day I realized, you know, my 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 girlfriend of four years, I thought we'd get married, or I thought we'd be together forever and have kids, except we were in an open relationship, <laughs> and to me, that was, it seemed perfectly logical. Like, yeah, you know, we'll continue to live young forever and be eternally youthful and we'll have a family and all the other things. So just a little bit ignorant in in the reality of that. And she turned around one day and was like, that's not going to work for me. Yeah. You know, I think she knew the challenges of family and kids and you just can't continue to indulge in the same ways if you really want to be a responsible adult in the room. So she dumped me. Um, and I was, I was uh, perplexed. I was like, what? That, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm in the top of my game. I have money. I'm handsome. Like, what are you doing? You're crazy. And she basically just laid it on the line and told me all the reasons. Why and all the things that I should probably look at in order to better myself. And her leaving me was really the rock bottom that, you know, people talk about. It's that, it was that, what I call the cosmic bitch slap <laughs> across the face, in which I was like, I was just shook. And it was after that that I began to pull at the thread of self-discovery and I realized, man, I was really off track. I was totally off track. And and around that period, I um, you know, I tell the story, I, I was on a plane, a private plane from like some oligarch who who had been like 85 years old and we were like going to Cannes or something or some festival, some and it was going to be fun and <clears throat> He was on the plane with like six or seven, like Russian models or something. They were like young, hot, and and he's like eighty five years old. And there was just this, this passive thought where I was thinking, man, this guy's this guy's the man. Like I hope that I can be like that one day. I hope that I can be eighty five and flying around and still living as large as he is. And I, that was a perfectly logical thought in my head at the time. And then when I thought back, I realized, holy shit, like I just doomed myself because I believe in manifestation. When you think something, it will happen. You will make it happen. And I have made so many things happen. And I realized, fuck, I'm going to be that guy on that plane, virtually alone, because certainly those Women weren't there for him. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but chances are there's some sort of quid pro quo involved. And where's his family? Where is where are his kids? And I was and I shuddered and I had I was horrified because I realized, no, I don't want that. I don't want that. And and at that moment I realized I didn't even know what I wanted. It wasn't that. But I was headed straight for that. So I had to just start stripping away, taking away all of the things that had been seducing me and distracting me and numbing me out from experience. And once I did that, once I started to get clean, so to speak, of all the dopamine hits that I'd been plotting around my day, suddenly was that, that dread that top layer of dread. And then below that dread was sheer horror of all of the the pain that I'd been avoiding and escaping from since I was probably eight years old. Wow. Eight. So,
1: yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Okay. No, no. Thank you for sharing that. At, if you, you know, look back to eight and then you fast forward to being on the plane, this small s- series of realizations that you're talking about—the dis- you know the destruction of the ego, or the peeling away of the onion—you have a cathartic moment there. Then you start to do the work, and you mentioned early in your sort of opening salvo finding yourself um, on a piece of land outside of Austin, Texas. So, what do you now, having looked back at the process that you went through, having uh, Jordan—is it? Is- yeah, her name is Republic, <laughs> having Jordan, um, Jordan, yeah, leave, leave you and say, you know, you got, you know, th- this is what you're hungering for is something I'm interested in. And so describe this, I guess, in a, do you go into a cocoon, do you go inward at this point? And, and are you doing a lot of work? And if so, what are you calling that work? And what do you, um, what do you call this, yeah, this, this period? And what kind of work are you doing? And obviously we're leading to redemption here in the the hero's journey, but talk about this little, encaps, encapsulate this little
0: moment for us. Yeah, I mean, I would call it personal development work, uh, men's work. Um, I had to grow the fuck up and become a man. Um, you know, and, and a lot of times in, in our society, it, particularly growing up in New York and spending a lot of time in the liberal cultures um, there's this amorphous definition of what a man is and I was certainly living that I was you know I was very femme I was very in touch with my emotions I was a feminist I was a single like I was a only child of a single mother and yet I, I was there I was leaving a lot on the table a lot of um, aspects of my my, my masculinity that was not yet brought, brought to the, you know, that brought online. And so I think in that, in those ways, I needed to figure out what it was that I was, um, I was, I was escaping. And, mm. you know, it, it really was, you know, some childhood trauma that I uh, I, I I guess at a young age I decided i didn't want to feel anymore I didn't want to be present for so I just would escape and um and then coming back into that I had to face a lot of th- those demons a lot of that darkness and the way I was able to do that is by really truly coming alive as a man and 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 it's not a it's when i say ma- masculinity in man it's not like you know macho or mustache or you know like, big muscles. It's really just uh, decision-making, you know, being able Mm -hmm. to be decisive, making choices and standing for something, being a stand for something and being a protector. Mm -hmm. And at first I had to learn to be a protector for myself and take care of myself. And also it's about being honest. Masculinity for me is about being able to face truth and be Fully, absolutely honest. So I think toxic masculinity, which is what I was engaged in in many ways, was you know lying and deceit, and um, you know being ego, a, yeah, ego e- know. De- definitely ego. So the ego is just basically the posturing, the pretending like you're a man. And I and I would pretend to women that I was going to be there, and then I would bounce, or I you know I would let them walk home alone. You know, because I was somehow a feminist, I was like, well, you can take care of yourself, right? Even though it's, you know, it's like dark and dangerous out there. I was like, I did this is the way I was thinking, this is the way I was conditioned. So I had to really sort of aim to become the man that I never had the opportunity to become, that I never had the role models to um, guide me, the rite of passage to to step into that manhood. And in fact, like the men in my life were uh, toxic in many ways, they were either absent, my father, you know, left, didn't know him. Uh, And then my mom's boyfriends were secretly like teaching me how to womanize, you know, on the side or how to lie or get away with things. And then some men were just straight up inappropriate with me sexually, and like, just like not teaching me the right ways to respect women. So, um, the way I had to do that was first of all, shed all the distraction, all of the noise. So get like quiet the mind because we, as humans are very good at finding ways to avoid the things that, that, that are uncomfortable. And so meditation was part of that. Um, Finding a new friend group, or at least getting rid of the friends that you know were not looking out for my best interest, but were looking to indulge me in the same patterns. I, I you know, I stopped drinking. I stopped. Uh, I stopped indulging in sex and masturbation. And when you don't have all of this noise, and you can just sit in a quiet, suddenly there's a lot that come up. You know, there's a lot that f- finally just surface surfaces when you have a chance to listen to what your body is saying, and when you can drop into your body and start to feel. Because I was all in my head too. I was all yeah. cock and head, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like pontificating intellectually and like rationalizing everything, creating fantasies, and then whatever drive was in in my groin, and I was like, oh listen to that. That sounds good. And when I started to finally drop into a quieter place, I started to feel things in my body that I was, that I'd all been, you know, um, unattuned to. And when I started feeling that stuff, I was like, Oh, I don't, I don't like this emotion, or I don't like this or that. But once I could face it, and I could stand and and really um, behold all of that trauma that I had endured and covered up, and finally pushed through that, it opened up a whole level of sentience and um, awareness and intuition. So that, you know, you realize that our bodies are picking up information from the world and universe constantly. It's not just what you see in your eyes or what you hear or what you think in your head or what you feel in your hips, but just all the data. And all of the the wisdom that you're picking up. So when I started he- listening to my body and hearing what my intuition was wanting and pushing me and 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 like guiding me towards, I started making better decisions. And in fact, just like putting your hand on a fire, when I started going into old patterns of uh, self destruction or or uh, uh, destructiveness generally, I started to feel it started to feel uncomfortable. Whereas before, I would just do it. Because it was habit or because I knew I was going to get dopamine payoff or, you know, get laid or something. But then I would start going into those patterns and I'd be like, oh, that doesn't feel good. That's wrong. And then suddenly now I have a a moral compass (laughs) that was keeping me going in the direction that I truly wanted, which was to become a divine expression of father and um, become a man. Mm.
1: You, I know you did a lot. I know personally from other conversations around the dinner table that you know you, you experienced a lot of that, uh, the, the quiet out there in the middle of Texas. And what I have, I, I watched this journey that you talked about uh, as from from a friend. I was one of the friends. I hope that you didn't uh, escort to the edge of your life. Um, <laughs> I've I've been able to uh, remain, but what i observed is starting to be in service of others uh, in the land and um, and building deeper real meaningful relationships it would get, get cut through the surface so that has manifested in a handful of different projects um, in you know in your this new universe i'm wondering if you can now you know help us is it was it this is there a direct connection between you understanding more about yourself and um, this journey toward I don't know authenticity. maybe that's a, a, a word that's a little bit loaded, but what what are the things that interest you now? What are things that are you're focused on and assuming that those are now a lot more in line with who the person that you wanted to become?
0: So besides meditation and um, adjusting my friend group and um, reading philosophers and, and, and all sorts of development personal development books and, and that sort of thing, I also um, did a lot of woo stuff as well. <laughs> and in fact, I, I went to see a psychic. Mm. And um, listen man, it Dude, all I, works. It's all I hate medicine. That. If you, if if you set the right intentions, because, you know, that we're, we're we're storytelling beings. And when, uh, when a psychic tells you this story, whether or not you believe it or it's true, there's wisdom in it. You can unpack it and, and, and utilize it. So anyway, I, I went to this psychic and she went into a trance and she, um, she held a meeting with all my spirit guides <laughs> and she gathered them around and I'm sitting there watching her and her eyes are like rolling behind her head and she's talking in tongues and she's literally dialoguing with all of my spirit guides, many of whom are demons. Mm-hmm. And she's like, she comes back into like this plane and she goes, okay, so I'm talking to your spirit guides. A couple of them are like, not like savory characters. They're pretty monstrous. And they, you, you called them into your, your, your sphere to protect you when you were a young boy. Do you, do you still need them or can I tell them to bounce? Can I like dismiss them? (laughs) And I said, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, sure. I I tell them to go, (laughs) She's like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, yeah, of course. And then she goes back into her trance and she's talking in tongues. And now I'm now it hits me. I'm like, shit. I do I need them? Like, (laughs) what's gonna happen if they're no longer protecting me? Like, am I endangered? Like, who's gonna protect me? And then I realized, like, oh, that's I gotta protect me. I gotta do it. So she comes back out of the trench. She's like, okay, they're gone. You're on your own. And then I'm like, well, okay. We're like, what, whoa, what do whoa, I do whoa, now? <laughs> it's like, Wait a minute, call her back. Where's my posse? <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, what, what do I do now? And she said, you need to get in the dirt. I was like, what? She goes, you are so ungrounded. You're, you know, floating, you know, 30 feet off the ground. You need to come down to earth and get in your body and get into the earth. And I was I was like, oh, Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. So as part of my whole um, restructuring of my life and my lifestyle, I left the business, I, 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 I went on hiatus from acting, I shut down like all the businesses that I'd been dabbling in. I left New York and my big beautiful house and LA I wasn't going there. And I moved to Texas. And I moved into a small little, like 25 square foot trailer. And I started a community garden and started putting my hands literally in the dirt. I started planting and digging and moving soil. And this is my daily practice. So, besides the meditation and the reading and the studying and the, you know, all the the breath work, doing that with the earth. And it was through that process that I realized, well, besides the fact that I f- felt so much better and I was healing myself um, and finally feeling the, the the contours of my my identity, my true identity, I, um, I realized I was like, I, I want to do this more. I don't want to go back into the city and be further, you know... Uh, Separated from myself and nature, and and I realized as even even when I was a kid, you know, part of the trauma was I think having grown up, been born and raised until I was about four or five in New Mexico, big, beautiful, expansive nature in the in the in the, in the skyline and 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 the, all of uh, the sunsets and all the things, and then to be brought and put into New York City such a shock such a traumatic experience that i did not understand until later because i had just i had just gotten to adapt i you know we adapt we're adaptive so i in new york and i just had to become a new yorker so it was like survival and i had to change myself and grow up to learn to survive that environment and but i think deep down aside i was always missing um nature, I was missing being connected to what was, you know, more natural to me. And so as I began to make this um, transition, I realized I wanted to just live for for the rest of my life in nature. And um, that's when I um, well, and I I didn't want to do it alone. That was the other thing because I was pretty much flying totally solitary at this time um and i decided i wanted i wanted love i wanted a partner i wanted to have a family and so and i realized i could not move on and start dating again because i tried and every time i tried i was like the old patterns started to come back and i realized whatever relationship i get into i'm going to end up playing out the same things until they're settled until they're learned so I realized I needed to reach out to my ex and I needed to settle with her. Why not? Let's, let's, let's get it done so that we can both move on uh, free of whatever karmic ties that we hadn't settled. And so I reached back out to her and I said, look, I know you're mad at me and I know I suck, but things have changed and I'd like an opportunity to heal. And she was, as, 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 whereas she, before she was uh, blocked, blocking me on everything and ignoring me in this moment, she felt something different. And she, and she said, okay, like I'm, I'm interested. I'm, I'd like to see for myself. And, um, and that's when I began the process of uh, winning back my, my sweetheart.
1: <laughs> Which is an amazing story that uh, I got an amazing details over uh, dinner at your at your at your place not too long ago. And holy smokes, that is that it's basically another uh, set of work that you talked about in rediscovering yourself um, that uh, you and Jordan went through in rediscovering one another. And it's it is very 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 beautiful.
0: I, what what if what I realize is that my healing is her healing, right? We heal each other, and that's collective, right? Because yeah. when I when she sees me stepping into my higher self, it relaxes her nervous system so that she can, you know, give of me, and it's a mutual exchange of, you know, up leveling. So, yeah.
1: Uh, to me, that's where I was going with that. Is like, and the punchline of that sort of rediscovery of your love, um, it seemed somehow to bring both of you into a new chapter together. Separately, because what is it? The the what's the Gibran quote? The the oak and the cypress do not grow in the shadow of one another. They're separate. And yet you you guys are still together. Is that Gabron? I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm losing my references there. But so I'm curious now how this, your hands are in the earth. One of the things that I know about you is uh, a project called Earthspeed. And I know there was a lot of not public facing hands in the dirt for years. There was the... Twenty five square foot trailer, there's the community garden, then there is the farm, and and um, now together I'm wondering if you can describe this new project the way that you're thinking about doing projects that have any sort of a media sensibility, uh, and toward what end you would engage in that kind of stuff, because it seems like you've got a you got a new life.
0: Yeah, so long story short, I ended up finally (laughs) um, winning my, my ex girlfriend back. And I invited her to come live on land with me. And she sent me a picture of something that she had drawn drawn in a ceremony of what she wanted to manifest. And it was a farm. And I was like, this is, this is destined, right. And so we we took some time. We healed. We decided to try again to be together, except in different on different terms. Instead of being in a long distance open relationship, we decided we were going to be in a closed committed relationship. And we ended up finding a beautiful forty-six acre ranch outside of Austin. We got married. I mean, these are all detailed stories that you know. I, I'm <laughs> trying to like breeze no, but (laughs) but we um yeah so we bought 46 acres and for the past two years we've been here for two years i've just been an apprentice of the earth learning um permaculture and doing a lot of experimentation and really just being observant and taking notes to see how 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 nature is working how it works so that i can work with it so i can dance with it a lot of times developers come in and they want to impose their will so they pour a bunch of concrete and they they force their design into a space and then you get new york city then you get a city right where there's nothing natural it's all controlled and energetically that's you know does it creates people like I was. And so I realized um, I want to share this with people. And in fact, a lot of the things that I've been learning, I got from other people, from people who've posted videos on YouTube or on, on the internet. Like I literally seek out the wisdom of farmers on the internet, you know, who are doing this work, who are homesteading, who are Cultivating land, who are raising chickens, cattle, whatever. So, part of um, part of my contri- contribution back to that collective pool of wisdom and information, I wanted to start creating videos to um, for people to, to to learn. Even though I don't, I'm not an expert, so I don't have much specifically like uh, practical to share. But but getting better. But what I what I do have is potentially um, the ability to inspire people to think twice about how they how they live and and to consider a lifestyle in the cadence of nature over a lifestyle in the cadence of escape and indulgence.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. Now we have to say more about that because this. Is that uh, not everyone can uh, leave New York City and go buy a farm? So let's get practical for a minute. What is the message that you're sending out there? It's not about the farm, or is it? Or it's not about? Is it about the individual journey? Is it about you know being kind to the earth? Is it environmental? Like what? How would you sort of couch the message that you're, or the the collective wisdom that you're trying to uh, impart that you've gained over the last? This sort of transformation that we've been talking about.
0: Yeah, um, it's not all about buying a farm and living some idyllic Instagram-worthy image of a homesteader.
1: I don't know; it's pretty picturesque. I've been there.
0: <laughs> it's hard not to take pictures, but it's but it also hands me my ass every day. Like I, yeah. I'm a failure. I am a full-on failure out here. Like I get. <laughs> I I get very few things right. And, um, and that's part of the learning, learning journey. Um, but what it, what it has done is it's opened me up to a much deeper appreciation for what it means to grow food, what it means to bring food to your plate. And I think ultimately what I'm promoting is more sensitivity, more, um, empathy, and and you can have and for a long time I thought empathy was in my head. I empathize because I, you know, because I care about the nature, because it's beautiful, because really I like the way it looks. I didn't know anything about nature. How can you empathize with something if you don't know it? So if not full on living in nature, if you if you can. And I would argue that I think more people can than 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 it seems, because yeah. right now, there's a lot of people that are owning a lot more than they than they really um, can use for themselves. so if if you like perhaps you can't afford to buy something, but there are opportunities for you to join a community or um, volunteer or even find a job within this you know industry and come work land. It, it, it does exist if you want it. Um, I just think that people are very accustomed to the convenience and the ease of modern cities, city culture. Uh, and this is not the most fun lifestyle. It's, it's a lot of work. You get a lot of calluses. Um, it's, it's backbreaking. It's, it's grueling. So I, I would say it's less about not everybody can. Oh, well, I have to get a job or I have to work or this. Like There's a lot of excuses, but it's more just there's a resistance to it. Because throughout evolution, we've convinced ourselves that we, we don't want to be the migrant worker. We don't want to be working the soil. We want to move to the city and be fancy and wear suits and cocktail dresses and have Uber Eats. We've convinced ourselves of that, and um, nothing wrong with all that stuff. But what are we? What did? What did we let? Um, I feel like we threw the baby out with the bath, bath water. What did we mm-hmm. abandon within ourselves for the opportunity to, to be fancy? For for the opportunity really, to go it, to clubs?
1: Yeah, is it really? Is it really about uh, just breadth and understanding? And like, I remember the. A lot of the essence of the conversa- last conversation we had when we were together was about connection connecting with yourself connecting with people that you care deeply about or you've been you know um struggling to reconnect with and you know in many ways that's part of your story with jordan um connecting with you know your true authentic self connecting with the land even if you live in new york what i hear you saying is that new you know you don't have to like write off new york but have you ever really spent time connecting with mother earth because you know, Broadway is not actually earth, <laughs> I mean, you know, Madison Avenue is not actually, I mean, it's on planet earth technically, but that's not connecting with the earth. And so is what you're really asking here or is your, is your new project really about connection or is this me, me, um, ascribing something that's that's not really there
0: no I, absolutely nature connection is I think uh, it's a it's an opportunity to get closer to self and to and, and I say like we are emergent beings from nature you, you, you we're, we're inseparable but we've yeah. convinced ourselves that somehow there's the nature over there and this happens with environmentalism I'm an you an environment ambassador. And it's it's frankly a bunch of bullshit in which we think we're going to go save the earth. How? you think you have a design that is as complex and as resilient as nature itself? Oh, you're going to come in with your carbon capture scheme and plan? First, get into nature and realize that nature knows well beyond any scheme or idea. If you... And try and plant something and it'll be proof because you think you know how to plant something and it's going to tell you, oh no, actually you <laughs> forgot this little element. You forgot that. And forget about, oh, plant something and put water on it. It's like now go under the soil and you know, all the complexity there with all the nutrients and the different um, microbes and the fungus and all the things that are happening and all the insects that you didn't know existed. <laughs> so I guess, the, yeah, the, the, the idea is get closer to nature as a way to get closer to yourself and realize remember let's say remember how much wisdom you have that is in your body that is in your sentient intuition and those i you know the, that will i think guide the, the decisions you make even if you are in the city right i'm not saying
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah you have this is to not live about not being like in the city p right <laughs> and and take yeah, a permaculture course for, for example yeah. take a permaculture course and that will inform how you do business how you start uh, you know a business or how you how you are with your children you know mm-hmm. how you deal with your kids when they're being unruly for example so it's just really about expanding increasing sensitivity increasing, increasing sensitivity
1: sensitivity so you're living on a farm. You uh, found an amazing partner in life, and you're working the land. Um, I know that there's. Well, first of all, I saw you finish the chicken coop in the dark, which is pretty nice. <laughs> <Finally>. Good job.
0: <laughs>
1: is this is this the long term future? Yours.
0: I mean, I got to tell you, I, I want to quit all the time. (laughs) I do. I, um, I have so much self doubt because this shit is hard. It's so hard. And, um, I know that I'm, I, I know that I'm committed, but I'm scared. I'm scared that I'm going to fail uh, and, and that's okay. Like, I, I, I don't know what the, f- you know, far out future has in, in store for me, but I'm here and I'm breathing through the struggles hmm. the it, is, is, and the early mornings and the
1: cold. Cold. Is is this oh, and then a... Now it's cold. Our, <laughs> Today it's cold. <laughs> our pre- <laughs> Today's cold. Yeah, it snowed here in Seattle today. So I'm, I'm, I guess, projecting a little bit. But is the, um, the failure that you have on a daily basis in on the farm? How does that compare to, you know, public failures or a, a, a movie not getting the reviews that it needs or your performance on Broadway? Or like, are these is private failure? Somehow different, better, worse than public.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, w- one thing I can say is here I feel that I am in service to the earth, as opposed to the the the, the other that you were mentioning is I was in service to myself. Mm-hmm. I failed, so i and there's something just you know is fundamentally dirty about that. You know, like, oh, I didn't get the award, or I didn't get the successful whatever, and, and and here it's like, if I don't do well, it's like I feel I feel like I need to and I like I need to get better at it so that I can um, be successful in, in 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 protecting this place and stewarding this place, so. Sad story. Um, one of our dogs got out of her pen and killed a few chickens. Yeah, and that's natural. And right? it's like it's within her instinct to to do that. But I feel like I failed because we lost a couple chickens. So instead of um, giving up and being like, oh, "I do, I can't do these chicken things," and like sell the chickens, and now I go to the you know local. I buy it from the the supermarket. I I, I'm just charged with growing and getting better, so that I can better protect my chickens, and so that I can learn how to. uh, I can learn more about my dog and learn how the hell he got out of she got out of the pen, because there's so much detail to learn so that just gives me an opportunity to level up and do better but i'm called to just evolve and get better and learn so when you say is is this it like yeah i'm not leaving because there's so much more to learn mm. and i doubt i doubt i'm going to stop learning anytime soon like i'll till the day i die i'll be learning is that the, and the is other that the last, new, thing, last thing my, no, no, keep going. my Forget about the fact that my friend group has changed. My farm, farmers are my friends now, <laughs> but my, my, I have mentors. I have elders in my life that I never had before. I have father figures who are fifth, sixth generation farmers, homesteaders, who are so happy to teach me and like come and help me and i never had that before like the guys in my like the adult figures in my life as i said before were destructive they're teaching me you know ways to you know just like be be worse but also they were, they 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 had they were they they were out for themselves ultimately they didn't really care and i think we've lost a tradition in our culture where Old people are old, and they get put in old, old age homes. They're not elders anymore. There was a time when they, when we re- revered and appreciated what they had to offer, knowing that they had wisdom, and that they, that we needed to 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 download. We needed them to pass down that wisdom so that we could, you know, could apply it in our lives going forward, and then teach our kids. But I never had any of that. I know, no, no no adult ever like wanted to teach me or and now I feel actually sometimes I have um, when I when I'm out there and I fuck up and I'm like failing at something there's inside me there's this resentment where I'm like I'm mad where was my dad to teach me this shit like where was he and 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 it's that wound that core wound of abandonment that I had when I was a kid that comes up because I realize I wouldn't have to work as hard, or I would at least have the support of a, an adult, of, 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 of you know, warm, caring, adult, masculine, divine, masculine to, to 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 care for me, and so I get to break that cycle by learning and stepping into hopefully fatherhood myself. So that I can now be the father that I never had, and I'm learning that from other elders. And I and I'm so I love this culture because of that reason. Mm-hmm. There's like that lineage passed down.
1: There's a, it, there's a dramatic lack of um, this knowledge changing hands because of there's there's really very few if any rites of passage in our culture there's you know the the um i think a combination of rites of passage and a lack of an elder structure that is so present in so many other cultures that you know is this one of the things that you're um interested in bringing back you just said that that's one of the reasons you want to have a family um i'm wondering if you can give any advice for for someone who's listening that didn't have that is their choice or is a you know are you recommending that that you know that they seek out elders what's what's the advice or are you skeptical of giving that
0: yeah well I'll say there are so many older people out there craving dying dying like literally dying from loneliness dying because they don't have anything to offer or share and that they feel no one's valuing them you know people who are put in old age homes or are left alone die at a faster rate than people who are in community so if you want to do something right for the world and for yourself go just listen and and download get a lot of information from somebody who's I promise you, wanting to share, wanting to bestow, you know, and pass down what they know. And I promise when you listen and when you are open to receiving, you will not only inevitably learn something valuable, some, you know, really important wisdom, but there will be a sense of connection and and lineage passed down that will give you life force and will give them life force to, to carry on to, to, and I, yeah, I think, and if, and if you don't have that in you, a lot of, we come from broken families a lot in this culture. Mm -hmm. I mean, go go volunteer at an an old age home, read books, or or don't even read, listen, just listen, talk and, and, and share. Um, But yeah, I, it, it, it definitely there's something so nourishing about having, um, yeah, surrogate surrogate grandpa, like surrogate grandparents and <laughs> parents. Well, let me help help me land
1: this plane. So you know, this show is whatever thirteen years running, and it has crossed a very large arc of interesting. Characters, a lot of wisdom. It was initially a very selfish project because I wanted to learn from the world's best in every discipline, and I found that that if you know I could speak to the people who are the best in the world across a number of disciplines, that I would you know hopefully learn something. And what I learned is, I guess, the macro is that there are patterns across the people who are, have become the best in the world at whatever it is they they are doing, and. Where I'm going with this is a lot of the rationale of the the show, and I think a lot of rationale of pop culture, even well-intending media uh, such as this and others, is a has been a path to success. And I've shared with my listenership, and I shared with you and Jordan that I'm working on a new book, and there's some piece of the book which is you know if early on we were pursuing. Um, survival, and then we got pretty good at survival. The next thing on the list of shit to do for humans was success, and that had a lot to do with industrialization. and And now success is virtually a formula. You know, if you can, you can do. You know, put in a handful of inputs, and then success. But what where where we're lacking is is in fulfillment. And so I'm chasing this script, this storyline in my you know, my writing right now. And it can't help but sound. uh, I don't have the right word. It just sounds it sounds sort of trite or shitty, like, oh, great. Uh, Yeah. So I'm going to try and write a script here very quickly. Okay, uh, Adrian Chase. Yeah. Nice to know that uh, being White and male and rich is not all it's cracked up to be. And you should do, you know, should leave and move to the country. And as you said, make life hard and get calluses and fail more often, even if the failure is less public. And boy, that's really where all the good stuff is. So help, help, help me. I mean, help me land the plane because that's not what we're. What I'm certainly what I'm not trying to say, and I don't think it's what you're trying to say. And so, for someone who's listening and is saying, "Okay, yeah, just give me a little bit of success, give me a little bit more money, a little mm-hmm. bit more status, and then I will make the decision from." It. I'm sure I'll decide exactly as you have, but let me try on a little bit of this rich and famous for a while. What can we help anyone who's listening who's thinking that right now? what 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 could we what could you well, hand them that helps helps them understand this that's that's not really the destination
0: well i'll, I'll tell you rich and famous ain't going anywhere anytime soon although okay. y'all out there have an easier time to become rich and famous because i'm out of the game so you got one <laughs> one less one less, one less gangster to deal with <laughs> But you know what? I, I guess what I'm what I'm picking up on from this is r- rites of passage. You know, you, you know, this is part of an infinite game, and people will fall and, and, and fail and um, make mistakes. And even if success is the mistake, that's okay. Like I, I'm, I'm not here to tell everyone they have to get it right the first time. I.e out of the womb come live on a farm like you <laughs> go go yeah go find go taste the the spoils of life and make mistakes and hurt people I, I hurt a lot of people go do it and and learn your own lessons um i guess i'm becoming the elder and and in in many ways not only am i old older <laughs> almost 50 now <laughs> But that's what happens, you know, we, we just start to try and share this wisdom to youngsters who don't listen. <laughs> and that's okay. But at least we're here to in earnest share. And... um yeah, I don't I don't I guess you don't expect your kids to necessarily and, and not to belittle all of you guys out there, I'm sure you're all old too, and, and many of you, but <laughs> just just the idea that we can start to listen to one another and let these 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 wisdoms just wash over us. And that's what you do in nature. Yeah. Right? Nature is a rite of passage. You go into it and it's not an end, there's no beginning, middle, and end oh, I've, I've learned nature, I'm out, I'm done now. No, you go frequently because there's always new information that washes over you, new rites of passage where you, you and, and if you're in a business and you want to be successful, I, I promise, take one of your challenges, one thing that you're working on, bring it to nature and nature will give you something great to come back to the city with. Um, so for me, it's just about, Playing that infinite game, getting into the the ride, the dance of life, and adding another tool to your tool belt, which is connecting and feeling into yourself as nature.
1: Adrian, thanks for being on the show, bud.
0: That's Take care of your journey baby.
1: and being 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 willing to share. Uh it means a lot to me personally, but I think this is the kind of stuff that the show that I am wanting to produce is this is what I want it to be known for real honest, um, narratives. So thank you very much until next time. And until I see you and forever out there in the world, um, where do you, where would you want to point them somewhere? You have a website yes. for your farm.
0: Well, please check out Earthspeed. Earthspeed on the socials and YouTube and, um, uh, more to come on that. I'm actually going to be building a pretty, uh, a media company so we're going to be creating short form content and longer form content around nature lifestyle
1: awesome until next time from adrian and i ciao all right that's all for today's show but hey before you go i want to say thank you for listening and also for engaging with the platform wherever you consume the show whether it's on apple spotify stitcher anywhere thank you so much reviews help a ton if you're willing to And I want to let you know in an effort to continue the topics we explore here on the show, or if you have questions, you can always direct your comments to me on all my social feeds. I'm at Chase Jarvis everywhere, but also I will see your message quicker if you shoot me a text. That's right. I can text directly with you. The best way is to hit me up at 206-309-5177. I get a lot of text, so I can't always get back to you right in the moment but trust me, those are my thumbs on the other end of the keyboard. So I wanna say thanks so much and I look forward to engaging with you soon.